Good evening. Uh, great to be with you. Um, so I've been thinking a little bit. Um, life and kind of being alive is, is a bit of a funny thing, isn't it? We, we go through these, these motions of, of living. We grow up and we get told to have dreams and aspirations. And we spend our whole lives assessing a lot of the time how successful we are, how happy we are, um, trying to fill up, figure out what the best plan is for us to follow, what is the best path for us to go down, constantly asking ourselves what might give us the most gratification or the most enjoyment or the most life. Well, and actually we're surrounded by people, aren't we, that would tell us how to do that, that they would say they think that they know is the, the way that we should go, their advice that we should follow, the things that we should listen to. And it can be really confusing to know who to listen to, can't it? So uh, with that end, I thought that we would kick things off this evening with a little quiz that you're all going to participate in. Uh, and the quiz is called Wisdom or Whack. So we've got some profound statements from various people, uh, and we're going to go through and we're going to discern what is wisdom, green voting slip, and what is whack, red voting slip. So let's go through and see what we can find. So the first one, the sky is the limit. What do we reckon, wisdom or whack? Whack. Okay, next one. Um, opportunities don't happen, you create them. Ooh, a bit harder... Got some, bit, bit difficult that one. Okay, I find that the harder I work, the more luck I seem to have. Wisdom or whack? Some people are giving both votes. Okay, interesting. We're, st we're still very confused on this. Okay, next one. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Good one, yes. Wisdom. We like that one. Um, next one. Follow your intuition and all will be well. Not sure about that one. Um, money won't make... Oh, sorry. Uh, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Oh, not sure. Um, money won't make you happy. Not sure again, maybe. Um, do one thing every day that scares you. Oh, quite a lot of support for that one. Okay, interesting. Um, this one, next one. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. Oh, Interesting. Very mixed, mixed bag. Okay, this one is one of my favourites. Um, give beer to those who are perishing. Wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty. It's wisdom. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It is. I'm telling you. I swear, I swear, it is in the Bible. Um, next one. Never discard anything without saying thank you and goodbye. I'm told that that will give you great joy. It will spark joy in your life. Um, okay, final one. The world is your oyster. Ooh, a bit of support for that one. Not quite sure. The world is your oyster. Well, what that actually means is that we can basically do whatever we want, whenever we want. That is what that phrase means. Do whatever you want with little or no cost. The world is your oyster. Um, we can do whatever we want at little or no cost, or at least potentially gain an interest-free loan to make it happen. Um, well, society more and more is telling us that success looks like we can do whatever we want, whenever you want. You can do anything you want, as long as it makes you happy. You can believe what you want, you can say what you want, you can do what you want, you can have it all. And in fact, I believe that individualism is rife in our society, that you can believe whatever you want, as long as it's true to you, and as long as it believes to you, it's fine potentially more so than ever before. There were whole industries built up on selling us what they want us to believe in order to help us feel we are fulfilled. Wisdom, I believe, is under question everywhere. 
Wisdom is hugely under question. Well, what I want us to know this evening. Um, so, so we just looked at that last one. The world is your oyster. What do we think to that? Well, it's not true. I'm here to tell you that it's not true. Just because it sounds good doesn't mean that it's wisdom. Just because it's aligned with what we want to do does not mean that it's wisdom. It certainly doesn't mean that it's wisdom if it's aligned with what we want to do. It's a lie from the enemy to distract us. The world is not your oyster. That is what I want to unpack this evening. We cannot do whatever we want in order to make us happy or bring us joy or satisfaction. The world is not your oyster. It's not popular to hear that, but it is powerful. The world is not your oyster. It's not a popular message that we're getting into this evening, but it is powerful. And we're spending this time throughout Lent um, following um, Jesus through um, Luke. Uh, And we will get there later today. Um, It's going to be our key wisdom passage that we're going to unpack this evening. There's some truth for us to hold on to. But before we get there, I want us to look at Jonah. Jonah is hopefully a familiar passage to uh, many of us in this evening, even if we uh, haven't been kind of around church circles for a while. I'm hoping that we might know the story of Jonah in the whale a little bit. We're not going to read the passage. I'm just going to kind of explain it as we go through. So Jonah was a man who knew God, and he was trying to follow him. He was trying to do God's will in his life. Um, And he understood, uh, he had an understanding of the world that meant that following God and listening to him, um, and he would respond to what God had said. And so one day, God spoke to him, and he gave him an instruction, um, a call is what we might call it in Christian circles. Um, He asked him to go and preach to this place called Nineveh. But Jonah had another idea. Jonah thought to himself, the world is my oyster. Why on earth would I go to Nineveh? Why should I do that when I could lead a life of success? Why would I sacrifice all of that stuff when everybody else around me is doing whatever they want, whenever they want? Surely I can do whatever I like, is what Jonah thought. What's the worst that could happen, Jonah thought to himself. Um, And then, so one minute, we hear Jonah, and he's hearing from God, the king of the universe. He hears from God, and, and God says, go this way. And the next minute, Jonah's looking at his Instagram feed and seeing that all his friends are going this way. Um, So that's exactly what he does. He decides to go that way. He went fishing for oysters, as it were. He decided to seek his own desires, and he went to this place called Tarshish. And Tarshish is a place that is known for wealth and power, especially gold. Um, It's a modern-day equivalent of kind of Vegas or Silicon Valley, Valley or maybe coming to the races in Cheltenham. Um, So God spoke really clearly to Jonah about his future and his identity and his calling. But what was happening is that um, Jonah heard this path, but he was carrying a few things that got in the way. He was carrying some pride. He thought to himself, uh, the people of Nineveh are really wicked. That was quite a a common understanding, that the people of Nineveh were pretty wicked people. So Jonah was carrying quite a lot of pride and going, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to Nineveh because I don't want to go and be associated with those people. Another thing that he might have been carrying along with a whole other things might have been fear. He might have been going, what would happen if I went to that place? I don't want to go there because what would happen if I went there? And the next thing potentially that I might have been carrying, many lots of other things, was potentially just selfishness. I don't want to go there. I want to go somewhere else. It's what God's told me to do, but I don't really feel like it. I'm just going to carry on the way that I was going. So he was carrying things. I'm going to put them there so we can remember them. He was carrying things that got in the way of God's call for his life. 
And so he protected them. He protected the things that he was carrying and decided that they were more important to him than what God was asking him to do. It was more comfortable for him, potentially, to carry those things and to make a big decision and change his life. So then what happens is Jonah runs away and boards the boat to Tarshish. Um, And I know what you're thinking. You're going, well, I wouldn't do that. I worship Jesus. I would not do that. I would not run away to, to Tarshish because I worship Jesus. Well, this is what happens on the boat. This huge storm comes uh, and the crew on the boat questioned Jonah straight away because they, they cotton on to him by doing this in Caucasian lots that it was potentially him that was causing this storm. And they say, who are you? And he replies with this, well, I worship the Lord. So he's, he's made this decision to go away from God, but he's still going, well, I worship the Lord. I wonder if we're sitting here this evening and going, that wouldn't be me because I worship the Lord. Well, I wonder if we might ask ourselves the question that we can worship God but potentially not follow him. We can sometimes find ourselves worshipping God, but are we actually following him? I know, don't we all know how easy it is one minute to be raising our hands in worship and the next minute using those same hands to travel in the opposite direction of what God's asking us to do? And then uh, Jonah surprises everybody even more and goes, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Because he thinks that that will solve the situation. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. But what I I find fascinating about what Jonah says here is that he knows that the decision that he's made is going to be catastrophic to him. So he's literally saying, I've made this decision to walk away from God, throw me into the sea. Jonah didn't know at this point that the whale was on its way. So he was willing to go, I've made this bad choice. I've made this choice of not following God and I know that it's not good for me and I'm going to carry on on that path. I wonder if anybody else has been there going, I know that this isn't the right choice, but it feeds uh, my flesh, it feeds uh, my need for joy or satisfaction, so I'm going to do it anyway. We might not use those words, um, but the pull on the sat- and the, um, to, to fill, fulfill our desires is so strong. I find myself in that place far too many times than I care to count in terms of going, I know that what I'm about to do isn't God's best for me, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's, the, the, this pull is so strong. And so then, then what happens is uh, the crew throw him overboard and Jonah ends up in a whale um, and God leaves him there for three days where he, he meets with God um, and he, he gains some new perspective and then he finally says, yet I will look again upon your holy temple. He turns away from the wrong choices that he's made um, of believing that the world was his oyster and he cries out to God and then he says something hugely profound. He says, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. Now those things uh, don't often appear together very often, do they? Um, with a smile on my face and joy in my heart, I will put my own desires below God's desires and God's plan. That, that doesn't often uh, roll off our lips, does it? That we will do that joyfully and happily, that we will, will squash down our own desires and our own wills. It's counterintuitive. It's totally um, counterintuitive. But Jonah understood finally that following God's plan was the best thing that he could do. And then what happens is Jonah goes back to Nineveh um, to preach the gospel and loads of people turn to God. And there's huge fruit from what he does from from realizing and following the path that God first gave him. So that hopefully is just a helpful story to have in the back of our minds while we look at our wisdom passage, um, which we're going to open now in Luke chapter 9, if you want to join me. It will be on the screens. 
but we're going to read from Luke chapter 9, verse 22 to 27. This is Jesus speaking, giving us some, some wisdom words, some wisdom passages. I'll read it and then you can tell me if you think it's wisdom or whack. It says, um, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, and the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. It's not popular, but it's powerful. The world is not your oyster. It is not popular, but it is powerful. This sounds... Um, this is wisdom. It sounds like whack. It does sound like whack for us to be told to deny ourselves, to, to not go with what our gut wants to tell us to do. But I'm telling you, it is wisdom. It is wisdom from Jesus for us to follow. And now, lots of people talk about following Jesus, particularly uh, in this church, in this building. And people mostly feel quite comfortable, I think, with the language of, I'm following Jesus. I'm, I'm going to go with what Jesus is doing. I'm going to follow him. That feels quite comfortable. Quite a few people even feel quite um, comfortable using the phrase, um, I'm going to pick up my cross. They're quite comfortable saying that, especially when they've had no choice and we've been surrounded by suffering. People can quite easily go, well, I'm just carrying my cross. I'm carrying my cross for Jesus. But I think sometimes we're missing a really key thing in this passage. And that's that there are lots of things that we carry in life. And they're mixed and varied. Some of them are good um, and some of them are less helpful. We all carry these metaphorical boxes just like Jesus. So here I am, I'm carrying my stuff. Um, some of it might be my family, I'm going to carry that. That's quite a good thing for me to carry. Comparison, that might not be quite as good. Um, I'm going to carry, what have we got here? My hobbies, that's a, quite a good thing for us to be doing. Um, money, I'm not sure about that one, but it's, I'm still going to carry it anyway. Um, possessions, that's something I'm going to carry. Uh, oh, pawn. Might carry some pawn because that's quite important to some people maybe. Uh, my career, that's a good thing for us to do, but I'm going to carry it. I'm going to get it with all my stuff. See, oh, I didn't think I was going to be able to carry all of these, to be honest. But uh, jealousy as well, I might carry a bit of that from time to time because these are just all these things that we, that we carry. But, um, so I'm carrying these things, I'm wanting to follow Jesus, but the passage says that I need to pick up my cross. So let me just go and... oh. Can't pick up my cross because my arms are full. I'm carrying too many things. We have to lay it down. I'm going to put them, hopefully, not drop them. Put them here as some, some reminders. <laughs> we have to lay it down. We have to deny ourselves in order to pick up our cross. Passage says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. They must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Look at the order of that passage. We can't follow Jesus without picking up our cross. And we can't pick up our cross until we first deny ourselves. We need to deny ourselves first. We have to lay it down. Anything that we're carrying that we're not willing to lay down before Jesus is an idol. And the Bible tells us that idols are not good because 
they, they, they're put in the place of God. We can't carry things that we're not willing to give up. The world is not your oyster. It is not our oyster church. We can't do anything and everything and follow Jesus at the same time. We have to make some choices. Decisions and actions have consequences. We don't want to hear that often, but it's true. It's not popular, but it's powerful. And Jonah, Jonah nearly missed that. And a whole community of people nearly missed out on hearing the word of God and turning to follow God because Jonah nearly missed that. And often those boxes that we're carrying, uh, we can see quite clearly that they're not good for us, like some of the ones there that I had. Um, a few years ago, um, so I became a Christian nine-ish years ago, um, and so I had been surrounded by a culture of um, alcohol and porn and sex and drugs as well. Um, and so as soon as I became a Christian, there were some boxes that I could quite clearly see that I was carrying that I didn't want to lay down. Because actually, we, we know, don't we, too, only too much that sin sometimes is fun and enjoyable. And they were things that I was carrying that I needed, that I struggled to lay down for quite a while. And just like Jonah, I was saying, on one hand, I worship God. But in that area of my life, I wasn't following Jesus. I was making bad choices. And just like Jonah, when he said, throw me into the sea, I knew that they were bad for me. I knew that I shouldn't be partaking in those things, but I did it anyway because the desire was so strong. We need to lay it down. And there might be some pretty obvious boxes that you know that you carry that um, get in the way. Sorry, there might be some obvious ones that you can think of right now. I'm not going to kind of pull those out of you. We're going to ask Jesus to do that later on and see what, what he might want to do with us. It's not for me to judge. We all have them. And, but there might be also sometimes some boxes that we're carrying that we need to lay down that we can't see, that we're not so, um, they're not so obvious to us. It might be a bit harder for us to notice them. And actually, a couple of years ago now, um, I, before I got married, got engaged, um, and told my dad about that. And actually, me and my dad have not had the most amazing relationship um, throughout my life. And all I have ever really wanted was for him to be proud of me and pleased with me um, and want to engage in relationship with me. And so I ring him and I tell him, hey, Dad, guess what? Amazing news. I've just got engaged and we're going to get married and it's going to be awesome. We'd love you to come to the wedding and all this kind of stuff. And he was just like so placid and not interested. And actually, for a long time, I didn't even know if he was going to come to the wedding because um, he just wasn't really seeming like he was wanting to engage in anything that was going on. And one day, I just remember praying and it was, it was so clear, clear as day. God just said to me, you need to surrender your expectations of your of your dad so that I can be your father. And it was like, wow, this is, this is this box that I was carrying that was getting in the way that I was holding all of this expectation of him above anything that I might be wanting God to do in my life. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I laid it down, it was, it was unbelievable, the weight that I was carrying that, that just shed off st straight away. But more than that, actually what it meant is that God was able to move and do things. And actually a couple of weeks later, my dad just called me out of the blue and he was like, hey, so we're so excited about the wedding and we booked a hotel and we're going to come and it's really great. And it was just amazing because I was able to lay it down. But it was, for a time, it was, it was an idol. It was uh, taking a place above God. Um, and, but God revealed it to me and then I was able to, to lay it down. So we all have ones that we can't see. And we need God, sometimes others, to reveal those to us. Now, all this uh, talk of self-denial, I know, 
is pretty depressing, isn't it? It's pretty doom and gloom. But it's not all that way. Let's just have a look again at verse 27 in this passage because it is not all doom and gloom, I promise you. Verse 27 says, Truly I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This is huge. Jesus is saying that if we get this, if we understand this concept of denying ourselves, if we understand that the world is not our oyster, that we need to choose an intentional way of living, then, um, then we will see heaven before we die. Jesus is saying that that is how we see heaven in our lives today. By denying ourselves, we will see the kingdom of God before we die if we're able to do this. Another uh, wisdom passage that I think really sums this up really well for us is Matthew 7, um, and it should come up on the screen. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Interesting. It's not popular. No one wants to be told to walk the narrow path. We all want to be told we want wide open space and we can do what we want whenever we want. It's not popular, but it is so powerful because it's, it's totally counterintuitive, but it is hugely significant that if we can understand it because it leads to life. It leads to life and life in all of its fullness. So our, our, my encouragement for us this evening is to fish for life, not to fish for oysters. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. Paul says in Romans, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, and that's in view of everything that God has done for us, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Sorry that that's not on the screen, but that, that passage about saying that if we're, if we're able to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, which means laying it all down, denying ourselves, then it will make the way of God's will. And what Paul's encouragement here is that his will is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. That life that we can gain and grasp if we're willing to deny ourselves and follow Jesus is that we will make way for his good and perfect and pleasing will. Like Jonah, will we say, will we turn and say, I will look again to your holy temple. With thanksgiving and praise, I will sacrifice to you. Not because it's a painful, martyring thing to do, although it might be, but because it leads to incredible life. It leads to seeing heaven manifest in our lives and having an amazing relationship with Jesus. And so uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to respond in, in a couple of ways. So in a moment or two, um, Tim's going to come and lead us in communion as we reflect on all that God has done for us in view of God's mercy for us, the, the incredible price that he paid for us we're going to reflect on that as we take communion. And then, and then after that, we're going to maybe sing a little and respond. Um, and we might want to come and 
I've not quite figured it all out yet, but we might come and lay some things down at the cross if we want to, or just give space for, for God to speak to us. I, I could stand here all day and list a million things that you might, you might be carrying, but that's, that's not what we want. We want the revelation of God. We want to be open to him, to, for him to reveal to us what are the things that we're potentially carrying that we need to deny ourselves so that we can experience his amazing life. So Tim's going to uh, take us on.